Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Rachel and I were talking last night, and we were kind of talking about how big this topic is, right? So just a few disclaimers out here. You know, we're not necessarily trying to teach you guys scientific and how the senses work and all that stuff, because inherently we already know. You know, inherent, we may not know the anatomy per se or the scientific way it works, but what we're trying to do is get us to be able to relate what we experience every day, how we experience life, how we experience each other, how we experience different aspects of our reality, and now be able to see the Lord that way. So, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit, which means we would like to see the Lord just as real as we see each other. We would like to experience the Lord's presence in our life every day, just as much we're experiencing our lives every day. So we thought it would be cool to kind of talk about our senses and focus on each sense for the next few weeks. How can we, by focusing on each of our senses, become more aware of God's presence, become more aware of God's reality in our lives and cause us to focus the energy on that sense so that we may be able to see the Lord clearly? And I, I was just going to add, in addition, it's mm-hmm. also, I think that the purpose of this also is just to assess how your senses are working. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. assess how your eyes are working and what you're seeing and what's, you know, mm-hmm. like your vision. You know, everybody has, well, not I don't say everybody, but most people, when they go to the doctor, they have like an eye exam. They'll have hearing. Definitely children, when they go to the pediatrician, they always have the eye portion of the exam right. where they, you know, monitor their eyes and, and check their progress, you know, their ears. So this is kind of just like one of those things where it's also assessing our eyes, our eyesight, our vision, our hearing mm-hmm. in alignment with the story to see where we fit in. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. So so this is the part one of senses. And we are going to talk about and focus on today our sight. OK, seeing what you see what you perceive by what you see. And we're going to relate it to what we're doing, what we're seeing right now in our own personal lives in the world. And we're going to look at it from the lens of God's word. And this is Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, 
he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. Amen. So this is a very uh, familiar text that we have probably heard multiple times, but I wanted us to look at a few things here and kind of examine this a little closer. The first thing I want to say is a lot of times when we, when we look at the Bible and look at Bible characters, it's very easy for us to take these people's humanity away. As the first thing we like to do is just say, oh, that was them, that was back then and all that. If that was how God wanted us to view the Bible and read the Bible uh, outside of our own human realities, then he wouldn't have kept all these people's flaws in there. He wouldn't have kept all these people's mess ups, all these people's issues with them. Jesus would have been like, you know what, y'all, Peter, you cussed too much. I'm out. You out. You kicked out. You out the class. <laughs> Jesus never did that. You know what I'm saying? So just to kind of look at this story, the first thing I'd like us to do is put ourselves in it as human beings. This scenario is crazy. Jesus sends the disciples to the next place that they were going to go ahead of him. And he says, you know what? I'm going to stay here and dismiss the crowd. So Jesus sends them away. They reluctantly go away because they don't want to leave him by himself. But anyway, they obey and they say, OK, I'm going to go. Jesus dismisses the crowd and then does not meet them on the boat. He tells them to go to the other side before him. Jesus goes up to pray. Now, if Jesus is God, Jesus is all knowing. The Lord knows that a storm is coming, right? He sends his disciples into a storm situation. And many of us, we experienced 2020 and 2020 was probably a year long storm for a lot of us. It was a storm that lasted for a whole year and has bled into 2021. The remnants of that storm has been a reality for a lot of us. The thing about it is it's very easy for us to feel forsaken in this time. It's very easy for us to feel like, you know, Lord, where are you? What are you doing? Where's the good in all this? It's very easy to get distracted by what we see. The crazy thing about this whole thing, and as we focus on the senses, their sight was extremely overwhelmed here. Just like us, we watching the news, we're seeing the numbers, we're seeing all this other stuff. Some of us are overdosed on seeing each other because we're trapped in the house and we're seeing each other too much. Some of us are seeing our families too much, our kids too much, or some of us are not seeing them enough, depending on what your scenario or situation is. So based on what you're seeing or not seeing, it's very easy for you to make a judgment on one, God's presence in your life, and two, on the hope of a better future. Your sight has a very, very, very influential position on us that would cause us to almost prejudge our future to either disqualify it as something that's not worth it. Let's just throw 2020 away. Or it will cause you to say, you know what? I can see God in this. I can do this. So there's a challenge here. So the first response that the disciples do when they see Jesus or they start seeing the storm is fear, right? Your sight can be a conduit of immeasurable fear. I just wanted to add to that also or draw out of, mm -hmm. of the story, the fact that this was overnight. Yeah. So this was, it was dark. Mm -hmm. So not only are they um, governed by the fear of the storm, but 
their eyesight to a degree is impaired. Yeah. Anybody know, like when you wake up in the middle of the night, it takes you a minute for your eyesight to adjust mm-hmm. to, to the darkness of the room. And as you're looking around, your eyes can play tricks on you and, and, and you could see one thing and your mind tells you it's yep. one thing, but yep. it's really something else. It could be a plant. And it, it, it looks like, I don't know, a demon or something. Maybe it is a demon. I don't know. Maybe we need to pray. But like the, the point is you, your eyesight plays tricks on you depending on the environment mm-hmm. or or uh, the element. So, you know, just keeping in mind in the story, this was overnight. So it was dark. So they've got their fear plus the fact that their eyesight has been limited. And I'm glad you said that, babe, because all of us. Um, under normal circumstances, have a level of visual acuity. What that means is how clearly by default we're able to see, right? So some of us have 20-20, as you guys can see, I wear glasses, so mine are obviously not 20-20. But under normal, perfect circumstances, you might be able to make out some things. But in this particular story, it's a familiar environment. A lot of these guys were fishermen. A lot of these guys have been on a boat before. But now it's different doing something in the dark and doing something in the light. So the other thing that I, that I also thought was, was really interesting about this is these guys were with Jesus, right? They, they, they was with him 24-7. Like they know what he looks like. They know what his form looks like. They know what his mannerisms look like. They know that if he's walking in front of them, how, how his stride, they know, they know. So if they don't necessarily see his face, they would, under normal circumstances, know his figure. They would know what his image looks like, mm-hmm. right? But- because of this environment and the environment cr- created such stress on their minds and on their understanding, what that did was that caused them to doubt what they had already known. And this is what happens under immense stress, under immense stress, under immense fear, under immense worry. We tend to mistake what could be working for us as something. We turn that into a potential threat, Right. So these guys, they're on a boat and they see this figure coming towards them. And it's, it's Jesus, because we know that in hindsight. But I want you to put yourself on that boat in the middle of the night, striving to try to get to the other side. And you see a figure coming towards you. Now, the amazing thing about the Lord is the Lord is always trying to reveal himself to us in a way that we have not seen before. He is always trying to reveal himself in a way to us that we have not seen before. So what he did was in this scenario, he's telling them to not depend on your visual acuity. Don't depend on how you normally see things. And it's a challenge for us when you're focusing your attention and you're focusing and you're concentrating now that implies that it's not a passive thing anymore. So the challenge is we look at, last year and we saw the world a certain way and it happened for so long that the temptation is for us to see our future a certain way and to see the possibilities a certain way. What the Lord is trying to do is for a second, I want you to focus on what makes me me. And that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying he wants us to take this time to focus on what makes him God. God is an entity by himself. And he wants to reveal himself to you personally in a brand new way for the goal of you coming into who he has purposed you to be. So when it comes to like visual acuity, if your eyesight by nature is not 2020, 
there are visual aids that we are given. Like I said before, you can get glasses, you can get uh, contact lenses, um, you know, different things, whatever you can use. But those things, the technical word for those things are magnifiers, right? And I thought that was really interesting. Magnifiers help us to see things for what they are. What your life is trying to do is make itself bigger than God. What your issues try to do is they try to make themselves bigger than God. The challenge in focusing, especially with your sight and the admonishment for this is magnify God in your vision. Magnify, allow the Holy Spirit to let you see God bigger than you are comfortable with seeing him. Initially, when they first see Jesus, they misclassify him because they're not expecting him to come to them this way. I'm pretty sure it was not common to see anybody walking on water. Right. So they're, they're, they wouldn't have even expected him to come, not only to come a different way, for anybody to have ever come that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, naturally, they would think it was a ghost because their, their mental capacity, did, they didn't have space to even comprehend right. what they were seeing in the first place. Right. Which, you know, oftentimes when God comes, that's how he comes. We can't even comprehend Mm -hmm. exactly how he's doing what he's doing because it just doesn't make human sense to us. But he's Mm -hmm. not confined by the limitations of humanity. Mm -hmm. So if he wants to come on water, he's going to walk on water. Mm -hmm. It's up to us to, you know, believe. But what I thought was interesting about this text was the fact that once Peter got out the boat, it says when he saw the wind he began to be afraid. Mm -hmm. How do you see wind? Mm. You don't see wind, but you see the, the effects of the wind. Mm -hmm. So what he was seeing was the effects of the wind on the elements. So the waves, the boat moving back and forth, seeing probably, you know, Jesus's figure. He, he, he just was like, you know, what am I looking at right now? But it was when he refocused himself And what's crazy is once he saw the wind and became afraid, that's when he fell Mm -hmm. under the water. That's when he lost his his, his place and he sunk. And it was Jesus that had to grab him up. And once he refocused and he realized he was in the presence of Jesus, Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, he was safe. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes we get sidetracked and, and we begin to be fearful, including myself. You know, just keeping it real, this week was a a challenging week for me because with everything going on around in the world and even personally, the winds begin to blow and you see the effects of -hmm. the wind. Just like in the story in your life, you see effects of the wind blowing and certain things in your life begin turning to and fro. And and you see the signs of the times in our world and, and in our country And you're like, what is going on? And you begin to be fearful, but it's refocusing our eyes and our sight on Jesus again so that we're able to focus on him rather than seeing the wind Mm. and causing us to be fearful. So Mm -hmm. that, that to me stuck out. Yeah. The fact that they, it said they saw the wind and was afraid. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. The sight plays such a major role in tempting them to settle into a fear, right? And then try to do things on your own, you know, try to scramble, try to fix things, try to get in solution mode, because what you're seeing 
seems like it's a danger and it kind of hinders you from seeing the possibility that God can use this too. We want to encourage you that as you pursue more of God this year to not limit the Lord to your own particular sight. What we mean by that is don't limit your understanding. Don't limit your relationship. Don't limit your intimacy with the Lord to just what you see, because a lot of times what you see at face value, there's a deeper revelation of the Lord behind it. What gets me with this story is Jesus was walking on the wind and the waves, right? So what they saw to cause them to be afraid, to cause them to be nervous, Jesus posture towards it was he was walking on it, which implies a conquest of it, which implies that he's more powerful than the wind and the waves. Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't control the boat, but he's walking on it. Right. And like you said, babe, when Peter focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on it too. He had victory over the situation that he at once felt like was Mm -hmm. too much for him. So as we can see this naturally, I pray that we can see it spiritually, that as we're looking at the events, as you're watching the news, as you're having conversations with each other, as you're seeing how the world is evolving, and even as you're looking at yourself, I pray that we see ourselves in a more spiritual light. The lesson that we can learn from here is that God does not want us to just see him. God wants us to experience him. For instance, I love movies, right? Movies are one of my favorite things to do. If you give me a good movie, sit down with some popcorn, I'm in heaven. So I love a good movie. Because I love movies so much, I can be very critical of movies. So, you know, if the acting ain't right, the writing is off, if it's just not and just feel like I'm watching something, you know, then I'm kind of like, you know, rotten tomatoes here. Nah, I don't like it. It's because of this and that. But the best movies to me are not the movies that you see, but the movies that you experience. The movies that have the most lasting impression on most people are the movies that somehow touch you by what you're seeing. So that means not only is it visually stimulating, but it also touches you in a deep way based on what you're seeing, right? So what the Lord is challenging the disciples to do in this scenario, just like he's challenging us to do in the coming year as we focus on him more, that you see deeper, That you see him for who he's revealing himself to be. That he's not capped and boxed. That he's not boxed in to a particular image, to a particular figure, to a particular thing. God is so big. He is so vast. He wants us to understand. He wants us to see him beyond our sight. He wants us to see him for who he really is. So that if he does choose to show up in in, in a way that scares the living daylights out of you. That if he does cause you to walk into a storm that you're afraid of or have a situation that happens in this life, in your life personally, or have you go through a crisis or whatever, that you understand that he has power over that crisis and that he's given you an opportunity to see him in a brand new way. The thing about the Lord is he never discounted the reality that these disciples had a reason to be afraid in this scenario. He told them, just don't be. He said, choose not to be afraid because I'm with you. Choose not to allow what you see to cause you to make decisions based out of the fear that is riding you right now. Choose to see me and experience me. 
So this story is really powerful in the sense that it gives us a beautiful example of the Lord's ability and his power over our most scary situations, his power over those things that we're afraid of. And by us allowing our sight to be focused on him and even intrigued by him, like, wow, he can do this too, huh? Man, he, how is he doing this? Can I do this, Lord? Can I do this? Peter had the courage to be like, well, I mean, if you can do this, then maybe I can do this. That if I have enough faith in you and the person that you are showing me right now, you're going to allow me to do something supernatural because you're supernatural. So can I come out here? And the Lord says, come on. And Peter ends up doing something that nobody else has done. Peter ends up doing something that all the other disciples watch him do. Because why? He had his sight focused on the Lord. It's an amazing thing. It's a challenge. And by a long shot, this is not easy to do. But we are challenging ourselves this year to see God for who he desires to present himself to be. You cannot depend on this world anymore. Cannot depend on your job. Cannot depend on the economy. Cannot depend on what society you can't you can't do it. Because if you do, if you do do it, you're going to your every whim is going to be dictated by what the next precaution is. That's bondage to live that way. The Lord tells us that we are in this world, but not of this world. So the challenge for us is to not lean on our own understanding, lean on the mechanisms of this world, but really earnestly seek to surrender our senses to the Lord that we may be able to see the way he sees. They may be able to move the way he's moving and really be led in this time because we really need to be led in this time. What is trusting God with my sight look like? Not limiting him, choosing to see that the Lord is also the Lord of the darkness. He's also the Lord of the scary places. He's also the Lord of situations that we can't control. And at the end of the day, his goal for us is a good future. And a good outcome. And there are times when you can't even trust what you see. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I just think about the fact that, um, you know, now we're like 2021. We're at the place now where they can completely simulate an entire person that is not real. Like they can make a face Mm -hmm. and make a human being or the likeness of a human being that talks, that, you know, facially moves. And they're not real. They can make someone who is real talk and their face move. That's not saying what they're saying. Mm -hmm. They have holograms. They have, yeah. I don't don't know the difference between holograms and holographs, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, we know know what you mean. The images, you know, like of Tupac and all these people that are dead, but they've got the likeness and it's so real now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uncanny. It really is Mm -hmm. because you're like, really? Like, if I didn't know any better, I think they were alive. But that just goes to show you cannot, your eyes cannot be trusted all the time yeah. with what you see. And yeah. every image you see is not real. Yeah. So, you know, it just all the more now, like you said, we have to really trust our eyesight to God and ask God to really like remove the scales so mm-hmm. that we're able to have discernment with what we're looking at. And we're able to focus our eyesight and our gaze on God mm-hmm. rather than 
everything, the visual noise around us. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I think about like when you were a child and you, you would go to the doctor and get a shot and you would, they would tell you just focus on or look at something on the wall or look at a picture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you keep looking at that while that's going on. You can't see the needle coming to you because you're looking at what you're looking at. Right. So, you know, now is the time for us to not focus on, like I said, the visual noise around us, but rather keep our eyes completely focused as much as possible. And there are times when you like, you know, may, you know, go to the left or the right, but, you know, let God's hands move your yeah, face refocus, back right. to where it needs to be so that you're able to, to fully concentrate on him so that you're not distracted by what you're seeing, both real and false. Mm-hmm. 100%. There's a couple of scriptures that we're going to kind of wrap this up with that I want you to meditate on um, in aspects to this, because it's not totally about what your eyes bring in, but it's about what your mind is telling you that your eyes are seeing. Right. So initially, if we allow fear to dictate what we're seeing or fear to, to interpret what we see, A lot of times we'll start making decisions based on what we think and it's fueled by fear. So that's how we make decisions that are rash, emotional, and then there are consequences that we deal with. And now we got to suffer through that. And that makes situations worse. We can all relate to the fact that out of fear, out of impulse, out of our mind, not being where it should be, our perception of what we saw causes us to make some mistakes. Now we can all can relate to that. Absolutely. So the scripture that that, that I want to kind of, Help us in that with our minds is Colossians three and two. And it says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth. If you set your mind on a higher level of thinking, more heavenly thoughts, having your mind focus on the Lord, having your mind focus on prayer, having your mind focus on doing good, having your mind focus on respecting God. Now, what happens is everything that you see will have to bypass that filter in your mind before an action happens. Right. So what this does is this story kind of helps us to see that relationship between having a mind that's on earthly things and having a mind that's on heavenly things and having a mind that's focused on your your reality in quotes Earthly reality, which is not as real as your spirit, will cause you to make earthly decisions and make it harder for you to understand what God's heavenly purpose is for you. But if we set our minds on things that are above, not on the things of the earth. Now, when we see things that gives God permission to filter those things and cause us to see them deeper, we'll see them as a supernatural divine opportunity for God to intervene in our lives for us to see him in a more powerful way. Mm. Proverbs 4:25 and that says let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Interesting word to start that phrase. Let your eyes look directly forward. That implies that your eyes desire to focus on something. Focusing on something as you walk is the safest way to walk. Mm. Right? A lot of us fall into things because our eyes are not focused. So let your eyes look directly forward and let your gaze be straight before you. And the only way we can do that is we allow our minds to think on things that are above and not on things on the earth. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day, God, that you have designed, that you have set apart. We thank you for uh, your goodness that uh, 
has saw us to this point, God, yes, Lord, has, has seen us to this point, oh God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, God, for bringing forth your word today, God. Thank you, Lord. For sharing your heart and your mind with us, oh God. Help us to be in a place to receive it and to meditate even throughout the week, God. Bring it back to our remembrance, oh God. Yes, and I pray especially for our sight that as we uh, explore our senses yes, and Lord. we evaluate and assess where our senses are, I pray, God, that you would anoint them afresh, oh yes, God, Lord. that you would anoint our eyes, you would remove the scales from our eyes so that we are able to see clearly, oh God, align our minds with yes, your word yes, so Lord. that everything that we are seeing is filtered through you, God, and through yes, your Lord. spirit and, and that our minds are anointed to be able to perceive what we're seeing, yes, God, Lord. through yes, your Lord. light, God. Yes, I pray, God, that you would just continue to speak to us as we are experiencing 2021. Yes, Lord. We have left 2020 behind and we are moving forward into 2021. I pray, God, that you will continue to be with us, that you would let your mercy cover where we fall short, that you would allow your grace to carry us through the times that uh, will be difficult, where things will not change, that you will allow your favor to help us to obtain the things that we wouldn't be able to obtain on our own, oh God, and that your supernatural divine strength, health, and wellness would be our portion, oh God. Let our gaze be upon you, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for just being God to us continually, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.